episode of Goose Chase. Oh hi! <laughs> they cannot. They cannot. Uh, they cannot see this, but Christy is waving like a weird old lady kid, <laughs> anime character or something. <laughs> and I'm all wrapped up in America blanket again. So <sighs> yes, indeed, it is two days after Christmas. And thankfully, the busyness of Christmas is over. We survived. We lived. If you're listening to this, you lived too. And uh, we did not kill anyone in our family. No one died. No one died. Um. Everyone got presents. Mm-hmm. I think everyone liked them. Mm-hmm. I liked everything I got, and I'm very grateful. I feel like people spoiled me this year and i don't know why there's no particular reason why but i feel like they did uh yeah i was pretty i was pretty happy with uh everything that happened for the most part over the uh entire christmas thing but now the exciting thing that we're looking forward to is new year's which i'm super excited about as well yes Mm -hmm. um we have a yearly party that we do for our particular group of friends. Mm-hmm. And now now it's tradition. We've talked about this before. Two years is, oh, hey, we did it again. And three years is tradition. So yes. this will be the third year. And uh, hopefully many more years to come after this year. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And everyone, I, everyone knows now that this is what they're doing on New Year's. It's none of that. Like every year you're like, well, I guess I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, Yeah, right. We know this is what we're doing. I was talking to Trish the other day at work, and and someone was like, oh, I usually just stay home for New Year's. And Trish is like, oh, I stay home too, just not my home. <laughs> Meaning yeah. she's she's here, you know, she's she's home for New Year's. She's staying in, but yeah, right. she knows exactly what she's going to be doing. And I'm so excited no about it. No one has to run around and drive and all that. Uh, the, uh, the thing I'm really excited about is making a turkey for the first time. I told Trish today that you would be making a turkey. I was talking about the lovely gift we got from my dad, who I found out has been listening to the show. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So hi, Papa Davenport. Um, um, from my dad and his wife, Becky, they give us a really nice roaster. Oh, yeah. And they did not know that Dave has been wanting to make a turkey for a long time. And then was gifted a turkey from our friend Aubrey's mom, Miss Tina. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Miss Tina for the turkey. Seriously. And then the world is just conspiring to get you to cook this turkey. It's funny. The you, forces have aligned to get me to be in the kitchen with a You had been talking for weeks about how you wanted to cook a turkey. And then she's like, hey, you want a turkey? You're like, yes. That was so weird. I just bumped into her at Walmart and she had a turkey. And then she was like, do you want this? I'm like, of course I do. I don't know how you knew that. And then, funny enough... So she just bought you a turkey? No, she had a turkey that she got from work. Oh, okay. You bumped into her at Walmart, but she had a spare. And I didn't have a roasting pan, so hilariously (laughs) enough, then when when your dad gave us that roasting pan, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Did they know? And they they didn't know. They did not know. I did not... I don't think I told them (laughs) that. And they also got my brother Gary the same thing. So I think it was just like... she Becky saw them and was like... That's something everyone should have, and I don't think they have one, and got them for it. Perfect gift at the perfect time. Yeah, it seriously couldn't have worked out better than it has worked out. So I spent with you one night watching a whole bunch of videos of people preparing <laughs> Turkey. turkeys, and I found what is probably my favorite video, maybe on all of YouTube, 
I can't even remember that it was like Mrs. McCubbin's seasoning. Oh my goodness. Doodads or whatever. Yeah. It's it's a woman teaching you how to prepare a turkey. <laughs> in the most excited way I've ever seen. She I, is so thrilled. At one point, she's like going to get the turkey out of the oven and she just crosses the kitchen. She runs she in. She just glides across the kitchen. And it's, I want to. And she's looking at the camera too. She's not looking where she's going. I want a gif of that. It's it's amazing, her enthusiasm. It's, she, she looks it's so hilarious. happy. It's like, how did I describe her? It's like the happiest someone can look while also being devoid of all real emotion. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like a smile that kind of conveys that there's nothing going on behind it. Yeah, she's a true actress. <laughs> None of the feelings are hers. So weird. Uh, definitely my favorite thing. Also watched uh, a guy show how to remove the feathers and everything from a, like, just recently killed turkey. Yeah, that was just for fun. That was just, yeah, that was just a pleasure. That was just a joy. I don't know why I really wanted to know how people do that. Uh, so that was interesting. But yeah, I'm getting, like, psyched up. I'm getting, like, ready for this. Um, and I think we're going to have a really good time. Have to clean up the basement a little bit here, kind of you know, get some of the get some of the cardboard out of this room, and I don't know, sweep it. You still have several days off. You're off work until January second. Yes, I don't work for uh, like about a week at this point. I went less. back to work the day after Christmas, so yeah. it has been very slow. Yeah, I, I was expecting it. it to be busy because usually before the holidays, if people can't get their prescriptions, they like. Start mm-hmm. to freak out, and then as soon as the holiday's over, they come get their stuff. But uh, I think because it's the end of the year and people's insurances are going to be switching, they've gotten all the medications they could get already, yeah. and they're just trying to hold out until the beginning of the year. So we're never dead. Right. We're always really busy. And so we've just been like walking around. Like I've looked at my coworkers and gone, I'm bored. Like, I don't know what to do. Bored is a good problem to have, and I would not complain. Yeah, it's just, it makes the day go so much longer, and I'm used to the day speeding by because I'm usually running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. But we are caught up on the things we need to be caught up on, and we've done, like, some deep cleaning and organization and stuff. Like, it's really good that we've gotten a jump on some things. It's just, like, so not the norm for us. Right. I think uh, the the closest thing I've done to anything resembling work has just been to occasionally read an email. That has been all right. You want one of these? (laughs) No, it was just worrying me because part of the six-pack box was hanging (laughs) off the table and I... Just, I was just t- like, ooh. The corner of the pack was hanging off the table. Okay. Yeah. It was making me nervous. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. I guess that's really what's going on. It's, uh... Yeah. There's, like, not a lot of news to report any, on the personal front here. Any other specific gifts we want to talk about? Well, I... I we, we could. I mean, I, I could tell... I could tell our listeners here how overjoyed I was at my plate set that Christy gave me for Christmas. We're so old. (laughs) I know. I was like, I I was like an emotional mess. How happy I was to receive a nice six-place set of of dishes. You cried a little bit. I did because I really, really wanted nice, clean white plates. 
I think that the the effect as far as presentation, you know, when you cook something, it looks so much better on a nice, clean, white plate. I think the other part of it is, and this <clears throat> is the reason I wanted to get them for you, is that you had expressed frustration at just, like, not having nice things that are yours. Like, yeah. a lot of our stuff is still, like, stuff other people have given us, like, mm-hmm. hand-me-down stuff, and that's fine. But you have your own house, and now you are, like, appreciating cooking and making food look nice and serving it to people. We entertain here a lot. Yeah. So to be able to hand someone a plate that, like, there's a whole set and there's not chips in them and Mm -hmm. they're not brown. You can, like, see what the food looks like on them and, like... Yeah. proud of having something that's yours and everything matches. It's a really nice feeling. I was overwhelmed by it. I'm, I'm very glad that you it. liked them. I yeah. took a, not like a long time to pick them out. I took an evening to pick them out, but I looked at like every possible dish set <laughs> online that I could find. And there were a couple others I liked and when I checked reviews, the reviews weren't good. And I was like, well, no, I'm not going to get something that has crappy reviews. And then right. I took a chance on these and was glad, I will say, that they were packed genius level. Yeah. Like, the the packing, the brand is Van Casso, I think. And from what I can tell, like, I can't even find too many products by them. Like, maybe one other dish set. Yeah. But they're, like, real high quality. Their packing is yeah. really on, on par. Because my mom got <laughs> Gary and Sarah some dishes, and I, I told you this. They were, like packed real willy-nilly and like a bunch of them broke and uh it was it made me open up your dish set just to double check that everything was okay and it was like fort knox in there yeah seriously (laughs) everything was had its own like compartment inside like a like a styrofoam styrofoam block yeah everything was nicely separated and i just like them i like the shape i like the plain white color i like the fact that they all fit in my dish drying rack I like yeah. so much about them. I'm um, really happy that you like them. And I'm really happy that the house is, you know, just one little thing coming together at a time. Yeah. Yes. He's good. He's good. He's good. You got me some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you got me something that you didn't know why you were getting it for me, and I don't think you expected me to like it as much as I do. And we've already gotten, prob- we've already paid for it, basically, for the amount that we've used it. Yep. Um, Dave got me a little mini waffle maker. It makes, like, a single personal size waffle. It's actually the perfect size waffle yeah. if you want to make a breakfast sandwich and use a couple waffles as bread. Yeah, which now which we'll we've never done. use bread again. No, it's we'll only waffles. We'll never use bread again. It's only waffles. It also would be the perfect size waffle for, like, a single serving of, like, chicken and waffles. Yeah. Which we'll have to make. Um, And we, we, that night that we opened gifts, we did a couple days before Christmas. um, We made breakfast sandwiches that night with waffles as bread. And they were great. We gave the dog his own waffle. He loved it. He ate it in two bites. Next time we do it. It was remarkable. Next time we do it, we'll uh, take a video and, and. Put it on the Facebook page or something. I couldn't believe it. I actually had to crouch to look to make sure it had actually vanished into his mouth. Because he just oh, kind of yeah. went and harked he, it to the back of like his jaw. He had like a really good technique. It was like <laughs> watching a professional eater. Like these people that do the eating competitions. Because he put the whole thing in his mouth. But he used his tongue... 
to like shove it back in a couple times and just I think he swallowed it whole. I'm There's... amazed you didn't choke on it. <laughs> it was impressive. But um so we made them then and then we had some leftover batter. We ate some the next day. Mm-hmm. And then we went over your mom's house on Christmas. And we were doing breakfast for dinner for Christmas dinner, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, by the way. That was a really nice I idea. really liked that. I love breakfast for dinner, and mm-hmm. I don't get to have it on the holiday, and it's, like, cool to get together with a group of people and just eat breakfast foods. Oh, yeah. Um, breakfast food is really, like, the kind of food that should be eaten all day long. And it's so easy to make. Like, it's mm. not complicated, and just everyone can bring something, you know? Yeah. So... That was a lot of fun, and we made two-order mini waffles, yeah. so that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I've really enjoyed that gift. You got me a few books. Mm-hmm. One of them I'll be, I'm not going to mention yet, because I'll talk about it in the middle segment. I'm going to reference it then. Okay. Uh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I found a subreddit I really like. I don't um, know why. I, I just felt like mentioning it. Uh, I spent a little bit of time on Reddit the last few days. I found a subreddit called Hold My Cosmo. <laughs> I've never heard of this one. It's an offshoot of, you know, like the Hold My Beer subreddit or stuff like that. You know, like basic, basically like people, you know, that you can About imagine just down. before that they set their beer down and then do something ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah. You can just you picture right before someone says, hold my beer and then goes and does something insane. And hold my Cosmo is all drunk girls oh. falling over, and, or, or like <laughs> slipping, or okay, it's so amazing. <laughs> it took me a second to catch up because I thought it was referencing Cosmo is in Cosmo magazine, mm. and I was like, why would someone need to hold their magazine for you? Mm. Just like put it down. It's really no, it's Cosmo. Really the fun drink to makes more sense. There was uh. Oh, God, there was one in particular with a girl who's, like, already drunk, and she has a bottle of champagne, and she kind of, like, winks at the camera or something. I can't remember. Tips the bottle of champagne up right into her mouth, and then as she's setting it back down, it's exploding foam, and she just launches foam out of her face, and the bottle is overflowing. Oh, my God. (laughs) And she looks not pleased. Oh, jeez. There's another one of some white girl somewhere chugging an entire bottle of white wine. I could not believe what I was looking at. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like over her head just keeps going. Some white girl somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I don't know. Hold My Cosmo is, uh, is a lot of fun. I'll have to check that yeah. out. That sounds we'll good. To, we'll um, have to look at that. I was just, because of the word Cosmo, again, was reminded of something else. Um, we have friends who got a dog in like the last year, I think, and... They named him Cosmo, like Cosmo Kramer. Okay. And this is Adam and Brittany's brother and his girlfriend, okay. Alex and Katie. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, really, really ridiculously cute dog. But for Christmas, Adam and Brittany teamed up and made a picture of Cosmo Kramer the dog dressed as... Cosmo Kramer, the character. That's sweet. <laughs> I'll have to show you the picture. And it's amazing. They did such a good job. It looks great and it's hilarious. That's a pretty good idea. It's it's just, I can't get over it. They're two of the best people around. I yeah. just, I love them so much. I decided I'm going to go see them in January. They're having a party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? 
I've got like two weeks of vacation time already saved up and I earn it every time I work. Like, I'm just going to take a few days and go because I miss them so much and I can't stop talking about how much I love them. So Mm. I'm going to go do a visit. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Well, we're running into 17 minutes or so here. So why don't we do the news quiz? The news. Time for the news quiz. Our, Our... Weird news quiz that involves two lies and one truth. Uh, you have to guess which of the following three news stories is the real story. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I got. I think I got. I think I got a good one for you here. Is it pretty good? I think it's pretty good. All right. I don't know. All right. So, are you ready? Yes. All right. Item number one: A Wisconsin man was scammed out of nearly one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. By a couple who sold him 50 bitcoins as an investment opportunity. The bitcoins were just novelty gold-plated coins worth around 20 bucks. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is, he knows what's that going on? bitcoins aren't like actual coins. He believed bitcoins were real coins. Like a... This is a Bitcoin. Like, you could show someone a Bitcoin. I'm just imagining them giving him, like, the <coughs> chocolate coins. <laughs> okay, uh, let's... Novelty gold-plated coins worth around 20 bucks. What's the next one? Uh, two. As a holiday promotion, Pabst Brewery in Canada has released, only in Quebec, a 99-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon for the 2017 Christmas season. 99 cans of Pabst in one pack. 99 bottles of Pabst in a pack. Well, I guess it's cans. Mm. 99 cans of Pabst. Take one out. I will wait. (laughs) I'm done. Uh, Number three. Diphallus, dude, the Reddit user with two penises that surprised the world five years ago, Uh was unseated this week by Triphallus Guy, the site's first known user with three penises. Hmm. Okay, a little little recap? Little recap. Okay, number one, Wisconsin man scammed out of nearly $120,000 by a couple who sold him 50 bitcoins as an investment opportunity. The bitcoins were just novelty gold-plated coins worth around 20 bucks. Number two, as a holiday promotion, Pabst Brewery in Canada has released only in Quebec a 99-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon, for the 2017 Christmas season. Number three. Diphallus dude, the Reddit user with two penises, was unseated this week by Triphallus guy, the site's first known user with three penises. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bitcoin one is true. Because I can believe... That someone wouldn't really understand what Bitcoins were, but wants to get into Bitcoins. Nope. <sighs> All right, what's the real you. one? I busted you. Um, um, you broke my streak. I know, I'm sorry. That's okay. Is the, it Triphallus guy? It is not the guy with three Okay, penises. good, because I really didn't want that to be real. <laughs> I kind of I kind of wish that there was a Triphallus guy I, running around. I've heard of the, obviously I've heard of Biphallus guy. Double dick dude. Double dick dude. And for anyone who hasn't heard of this, it is, oh, yeah. it is the guy that has, like, 
two penises. It's exactly just, what it sounds like. Yeah, just naturally. But at one point he did an AMA on Reddit. Yeah. He was supposedly writing a book. There's mm-hmm. some some maybe possible like hints of bullshit coming off of this guy. It's some of the claims that he's made about himself, but he does I it is a thing for yeah. people to have two penises. He's not the only one. Yeah. And I've never heard of anyone having three, not to say it's impossible. Right, but... if there's a guy with two, it seems like, well, maybe there's a guy with three out yeah. there. Yeah, so the real one, then, is... The real one is, in fact, Pabst Blue Ribbon's 99-bottle pack, <sighs> which sounds ridiculous. Got 99 problems, but a Pabst ain't one. <laughs> Pabst is absolutely not one. Uh, yeah, so you can't get them anywhere else. Uh, and I was actually disappointed in this because if if you could, I would definitely have one. Uh, but they're they're limited just to Quebec, and if you want to see what it looks like, it's ridiculous. Oh, I do. It because uh, they also like, they package. How would it. you get it out to your car? I know. Is it's, it in the shape of like a Christmas tree? It's not. <laughs> it's it's in the shape of this enormous tube. It's like, well, not really a tube, but like a re- rectangular prism. It's just enormous. So, have a look at this stack of 99 can packs. You can see the top one there. It's just, it's like goes 3 by 33. That's insane. It's insane. That's so funny. Uh, Canada th- is losing th- their minds about it, obviously. I think I've got friends in Quebec. Oh, do you, do you really? <laughs> I might have some friends in Quebec. Oh, boy. Anything we can do. <laughs> I don't do, think they'd be able to ship that to us. <laughs> I don't think so either. You might have to, like, Swayze Express no, it across the border. There's no lying to the uh, <sighs> postal service about whether or not there's alcohol in there. Really very interesting, weird idea. I like it a lot. Some people have made it their Christmas tree, actually. Yeah. Where it's like... Up against a wall, wrapped in lights, with more six packs at the bottom of it. Um, that's it's that's amazing. Truly, oh, only oh, in Pabst. Canada. Yeah. Oh, Pabst. Okay. Should oh, we Canada? Should we move on to the the next segment? Yes, if you like. I would like. I would like to forget that I lost. <laughs> well, you didn't guess three penises, guys. So I think you actually picked the one that's most believable. Yeah. Um. So one of the gifts you got me was this book that you just thought looked like something I would like. We didn't know anything about it or about the author. Yeah. But it's called F.U. Penguin. Telling Cute Animals What's What. Um, it's by Matthew Gastier or Gastier. Probably Gastier. Probably. Um, and we learned after you made a comment about this sounding like it could be a blog. I looked on the back of the book and it says, praise for the blog. <laughs> so it is also a blog. It started as a blog, which makes sense. This is exactly the kind of thing that would start as a blog and people would love it and they would make a book. Yeah. Um, as soon as I got it, basically it's pictures, cute pictures of animals. And this guy gives them the business. Yeah. He's not letting them get away with being so cute. <laughs> So, I, I think part of his stated premise is just that, like, no, nah, they're not cute. They're all assholes. They're all, like, you know, I see what you're trying to do over there, animal. Maybe maybe I'll read the back of the book, the little blurb on the back of the book. It says, attention, all you clumsy pandas, lovable puffins, huggable bunnies, and penguins that elicit oohs and ahs. The jig is up. 
We have lived under your furry fists for too long. There's acute and present danger lurking out there in the wild, in the zoos, and sometimes even in our very own homes. Spurred on by the cute industrial complex, these cuddly animals have taken over blockbuster films, inspirational posters, and computer desktops everywhere, further weakening the innocent civilians who are beguiled by these fuzzy frauds. As I'm saying this, the dog is walking over. It's like it's on cue. (laughs) But you are stronger than them, aren't you? Those soft bellies and wet noses are no match for you, and their free ride has just come to an end. Inspired by the hugely popular blog, F.U. Penguin is the rallying cry for those who choose to fight these power-hungry cute mongers. Loaded with color photographs and hilarious commentary, this book will have you laughing out loud while it simultaneously saves you from the tragic fate of tossing yarn with big-eyed kittens and bottle-nursing baby pandas forever. Oh, no. What a horrible fate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have taken to reading passages from it out loud uh-huh. with voice, full voices. Um, you know what I mean because I've been reading them to yes. you. So I wanted to read one or two of these real quick. But full credit to Matthew Gassire and the blog F.U. Penguin. And uh, the book, F.U. Penguin. Yeah. It, I think it's genius and hilarious. It's and a very I, good idea. And I love, it's a great idea, and I, I love the things he says. They're so weird. Um, the only thing that this is going to be missing for them is they can't really see the adorable picture yeah. that goes with it, which, and it sucks for you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so... This one is about an animal called the jerboa, and it looks like a mouse with really big, like, muscular feet, and really, it's like a kangaroo made into a mouse, but with really long tail and really long ears. Look this at description that. <laughs> is, like, ridiculous. Is it not accurate? Yeah. I'd say... Looks like, yeah, like mouse where the mouse part is too small for the mouse. Yeah, just look up Jerboa, <laughs> J-E-R-B-O-A. So his caption on the photo says, rare animals can be a real drag. Thanks a lot, Zoological Society of London. Yesterday, I had no idea the long-eared Jerboa existed. Today's happen around all over like he owns the fucking joint. Well, here's a little bit of info now that you're on the big stage, long-eared Jerboa. I don't need you. The people don't need you. You sure as hell aren't going to get special treatment from me just because you're a combination of a mouse and a kangaroo with a little bit of giant ears thrown in just to be fucking difficult. <laughs> and why are all the pictures of you at night? What are you hiding, Jerboa? Whatever. I was living my life long before I knew that you were what you were, long-eared Jerboa. And I will go on living my life long after I have set you as my desktop picture. <laughs> and then he also has a did you know section at the bottom of this one. Yeah. Did you know? The long-eared Jerboa is different from the regular Jerboa in one major way. Though researchers have yet to determine precisely what it is. It is so weird to see you read like that. Yeah? It is so weird. 
Why? Because it's like a, you in character is just, it freaks me out <laughs> a little bit. It's like really weird. It's called acting. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway. called acting and I don't do it often. Um, it's, I, I think we'll call that the that segment. Maybe, should I do another one? I, well, I know you said you wanted to do a couple. Okay. Um, let me find another one. Okay. This, this one is easy to picture because it's just a bunny. Yeah. So I don't have to describe anything. Oh, it's just anything. a regular it's old bunny. A regular bunny. I was still somehow waiting for like, it's just a bunny with like crocodile feet. <laughs> no, it's a bunny like in some bushes. Okay. It sure is. That is... <laughs> I can verify that's what it is. <laughs> this bunny wants to ambush your sensibilities. <laughs> a teaching moment from F.U. Penguin. Bunny, what the hell do you think you're doing? Those people out there are just trying to have a nice walk in the woods. And here you are, waiting for the perfect moment to pounce on them and tear their insides out. Hop by excruciating hop. Stop trying to cause a spontaneously cute incident. Did you think I wouldn't see you? Did you think you could just go around hiding in the dark corners of the world, working to undermine everything that holds civilized society together? You disgust me, bunny. Lesson. Never walk through a garden or a jungle without being aware of the distinct possibility that there could be some ridiculously cute asshole bunny crouched in the shadows, ready to pounce and violate your sacred sense of decency. Did you know? Domestic rabbits cannot breed with wild rabbits, except for one time when there was a young rabbit that wanted to rebel against her parents and met a rabbit from the wrong side of the tracks who opened her up to experiencing the world. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's my Maria Bamford voice, by the way. Yeah. I'm getting good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I do this thing a lot where I do impressions, and then I say I'm pretty good at that impression, and Dave just looks at me. You know what? Because no one, because that's the thing is, you're supposed to let other people tell you you're getting good at an impression, and every time you do that, I'm just looking at you like, all right. But I know I'm not that good at it, so I have to encourage myself. It's really actually not that far off from that. It's the same character, kind of like this weird, polished type person that is so not who she is. Yeah. It's basically her, kind of like her impression of her mother, I guess. Oh, no. It's not quite the same as her impression of her mother. Maybe the speaking, like, the words, the word choices. But um, I've heard her joke that the reason she started doing impressions was because her own voice was so intolerable. Oh, yeah. It was just, like, because it's not the voice of an adult or someone that you take seriously. So she started trying on other voices, and she's so good at them. Yeah, she is. I, I love Maria Bamford. Yeah. She's like a great weirdo. She's an amazing weirdo, and she she struggles with mental health issues and is very open about discussing them and making jokes about them, and I think that's really important. And she's hilarious. We just watched her special Old Baby. Yeah, we watched Old Baby. Which was she really interesting. as an old baby. It's the it's a perfect description. The thing I really liked about that special was the fact that it literally starts with her talking to herself in a mirror, mm-hmm. and then doing the next segment of her set 
to her husband and then to like four people on the street and then to like a small like party of people inside a house and it goes all the way up until she's doing this for like a huge audience yeah like a, a very large crowd and also, there's a statue of a pug with her at every single one of these. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is great. Like, like he's always there somewhere in the shot. Yeah. Which I just really like. It was a very strange little inclusion. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I just, I am enamored by her. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're past the half hour. So why don't okay. we take a little break here? And we'll come back with Hi. our main segment in just a minute. I'm excited. I'm excited too. This is gonna this is this is a doozy. Alright, we'll be right back. Alright, bye bye. But we are back. That, well, we are, though. But, I mean, we are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to introduce this week's topic? Yes. I'll, I'll say what it is and say what I know. Okay. So, this week's topic is the Landmark Forum. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to know about it for, know more about it for a little while because I know a couple things. Um, I know it's kind of like an MLM, like multi-level marketing, um, self-help class kind of thing. Very similar to Nexium. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it had kind of culty vibes. It's definitely a little weird. Mm-hmm. I knew that... Um, Lululemon encourages their employees to take classes at the Landmark Forum. I did not know that. Um, and I knew, I recently learned from a friend of mine in one of the groups uh, that I'm in on Facebook, who is from Germany, mm-hmm. that this group has been classified as a cult already and banned from Germany. Um, I think that's what she said. So shout out to her. Thank you for listening. Um, so I think that's basically what I knew. And in one of the groups, someone mentioned a friend of theirs is trying to get them into landmark forum and what should she do? And everyone in the comments was like, it's a cult run away. This is, um, (laughs) this is a, my favorite murder, like subgroup. Like we're all fans of that podcast. And one of the things that Karen and Georgia have said, it was specifically about Scientology, but they said, you're in a cult. If you're in Scientology, you're in a cult. Call your dad. <laughs> and so that's everyone was just like, hey, run away and probably call your dad just in case. Like, no. Um, yeah. And I mentioned in that thread that we have this podcast and we just, the uh, person who posted also mentioned it, Nexium, and I said, we just did. 
an episode on Nexium, and we will be doing an episode on this. Yeah. So I'll let them know that this episode is up once we post it. But I'm really excited to learn more because that's all I know. I know it's creepy. I know it's kind of self-helpy. Yes. I know they do classes, but that's about it. Well, yeah, and a lot of the things <laughs> about it that I'm about to tell you will probably sound very familiar to you. Because, and this is one of the things I noted when I started researching, is <clears throat> we're starting to get, like, a decent sample size of, like, weird groups that promise to, like, revolutionize your life in exchange mm-hmm. for a fee, right? And yeah. so, like, this, I'm hoping that people who are listening to this are starting to see a pattern. Or some red flags. Of how, how people rope you into things like this and... How easy it is for it to become yes. kind of insidious. Yeah, exactly. How how easy it is to get you in the hooks. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to save until actually almost all the way to the end to actually talk about what really happens in one of these meetings. But let me just start by saying <clears throat> the Landmark Forum, or, you know, I guess really it's Landmark's Forum course that they call the Landmark Forum. So Landmark... Um, is a sort of a self-help group mm-hmm. focused around the technology of communication and ways to actualize and create the life you want. Oh, actualize. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it, you know, make, make it real. You need to actualize your actualizations. Right. Actually. <laughs> um, they claim to, you know, these seminars and sell materials that guide people through how to improve their lives with some very specific methodology. Um, they focus a lot on your perception and your thought and how our realities are not necessarily congruent with the – or our personal realities are not necessarily congruent with the objective world. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they say that getting used to the fact that what we think is not necessarily reality is like the first step in breaking through to like a new life and a better version of you. And some of this – I will say, right at the outset, right at the outset, some of this concept makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not necessarily a bad thing to be aware of. Like, the way you see things isn't necessarily the objective truth. Right. And if this weren't creepy, I mean, that would be good advice to, like, yeah. con- consider all sides of a story and understand that you might see things one way, but not everyone is going to see it from your perspective. And it doesn't mean that... You know, you're wrong for seeing it that way. Right. It just means that everyone has different things influencing how they feel about a situation. The stories we tell ourselves and the way we see the world impact our well-being and and the way we make decisions and all that. So it is – I think it is – good to shape your worldview in, in such a way that, you know, helps us emotionally and, and make better decisions and all that. Not much to disagree with there, but it's all, it's all in how they conduct these things and what they specifically do where, you know, what could be a, a good base, a good starting point mm-hmm. gets very muddy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about the history. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something? I was going to say there's a reason this stuff appeals to people. If there weren't a nugget of something good, or yeah. you know, then it they wouldn't get off the ground. They wouldn't, you know, have built up what they've built up. Yeah. So there's gonna be, and the same thing with Nexium. There's gonna be a kernel of like something that anyone can look at and go, oh, okay, yeah, like that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That resonates with me. Whatever. It's but, like a good premise. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Just just because there's one good thing they say or the, a few good principles doesn't mean they're not taking advantage of people. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, 
the thing about Landmark Forum, they've, they've been around a while, uh, Landmark. Uh, they were established in January 1991 as Landmark and offered a training pro program that they call the Forum. Um, there's more history to it, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, the Forum was designed as a four-day course, which is now reduced to three days and the follow-up <clears throat> evening session. Um, the intellectual property rights to the Forum were purchased from... Werner Erhard and Associates, which was basically shuttered afterward. Uh, this the father of the program is a man named Werner Erhard, uh, who has been a very busy man for a long time. Mm. Uh, he's the founder of Erhard Seminars Training, uh, which is simply referred to as EST, E S T, uh, with the super confusing mission statement of transforming one's ability to experience living so that the situations one had been trying to change or had been putting up with clear up just in the process of life itself. I'm going to read that one more time. Transforming one's ability to experience living so that the situations one had been trying to change or had been putting up with clear up just in the process of life itself. I wrote, <sighs> wow. Get a copy editor. <laughs> yeah. Tighten that shit yeah. up. Come um, on. <laughs> EST seminars were conducted from 1971 all the way up through 1984 when the last one under the EST name uh, was conducted. Um, and then I course, mean, people just got tired of repeating the mission statement. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's not exactly their mission statement, but it is what they claim to do. And it's like, you've got to find a better way to say that. you got to find a better way to say that. When a person is going through troubles, he or she may find that he or she and blah blah. It's like Our, there are better ways to say it's these like, okay, things. Okay, robot. Oh god, <laughs> um, I love it. Werner Erhard generated a lot of controversy. Um, he is sort of like a a part of this this human potential movement that started in the nineteen sixties. I don't know why. But for a second, I thought you were going to say human potato. <laughs> He's a human potato. Werner Earhart is a human potato. Uh, I'll buy it. I'm into it. Starchy and delicious. <laughs> um, he he's This human potential movement starts in the 60s. Uh, it's this sort of comes out of the, the counterculture you know movement that's happening. And it's, it's this belief that we can cultivate extraordinary human potential in people that is basically untapped. That most people are not living their fullest, most expressive, creative, you know, most fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, <clears throat> I think it's, this concept makes sense. I mean, how many, yeah. I don't know how many people are living their best version well, of themselves, but, but probably not a lot. Here's the core thing. How many people feel like they're living their, to the most of their potential? Like, yeah. Even if you are, even if you're doing your absolute best and you're knocking it out of the park, there's going to be something in the back of your head that goes, is this it? Yeah. Like, should I be doing something else? Should I be doing something more? Yeah. And, you know, it, you take a really simple universal truth. Yeah. Just build the group off of it. Yeah, right. It's It seems to me like the kind of question you could ask anyone and they would all sort of feel possibly like there's more that they could do. It's also really <laughs> easy to make someone question yeah. if they're really living their best life just by saying, yeah. are you really living up to your full potential? And they go, 
oh, maybe I'm not. Right, exactly. It's a big just sort of question mark that you can just throw out there. Yeah. Uh, that kind of pulls people in. Um, <clears throat> of course, the only way to get, you know, the, 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 okay, so back up a bit. Their belief is that the most possible people living their best possible selves will generate social and political change for the best. This is the idea, the, the grand idea of all of this is that if all of us are completely, you know, tapped to our fullest potential, great things can happen for humanity. Which... It kind of reminds yeah. me of Scientology a little bit. The idea that, like, if everyone is clear, you have special powers and you could save the world and only you can, you can only do it if you're clear. And yeah. I'm going to knock my soda over. One of these <laughs> I'm motioned I wildly. Know. Just you guys can't see this, but I'm just am always gesturing out of control. God, um, I've, I've spilt so many beers this way. Uh, <laughs> not even Italian. But uh, but yeah no this I think that 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 conceptually kind of makes sense like more people doing the their most is like kind of good for overall world, world progress I get that you mean if more people are trying harder more shit will get done I know right like it's sort of like uh it's it's like a very and obvious... they get a free Oreo and they get a free Oreo <laughs> no, it's like a very basic kind of undisputable thing it's not like any kind of wisdom it's yeah. just. Uh, it's like a transparently self-evident statement, but um, of course the the problem is the only way to get people to this point is that you have to have education of people and training and an awakening of people, and that's what moves this from being sort of just a philosophical movement to something that you can market and sell and mm-hmm. profit on, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you know uh, Werner Erhard comes in. Um, so I wrote, what was S? Because let's talk about this. This is before the 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 landmark, right? This is before mm-hmm. all that happens. S seminars sound, in short, completely insane. <laughs> uh, it was a two-weekend-long workshop. They would have around 200 people uh, and would attempt to identify their recurrent patterns and problems <clears throat> through Socratic interrogation, like long-form questioning of a subject. Okay, that's really Scientology-ish. Yes, it is. Uh, Sessions would go from 9 a.m. to midnight or later. Oh. There would only be a single meal break. They would take your wristwatch away. They wouldn't let you take notes. They wouldn't let you speak unless spoken to. And they wouldn't let you leave to go to the bathroom. You're breaking a person down at this point. The theory was that it would prevent people from escaping the experience and keep them focused and really drive them to confront things they didn't want to confront. That was the that's the claim. Yeah, but you're like exhausting people and not letting them get away and yeah. Just like I'm sure repeating the same things over and over and breaking them down. It's so a very I don't know how close this is to landmark uh, what eventually landmark does, but I have heard about landmark that they they really break people down. They really make you look at mm. things and examine things maybe you're not really ready to and yeah. it can really cause some damage to people. Well, and, and I'll say this for now. Landmark has gone mm. to a lot of trouble to clarify that they don't do things this way anymore. That they have okay. breaks every two to three hours. That they have... Um, it's it's a shorter session, you know. It's more positive. This is all the the claims that they make now. And I think it's because people knew know what est was like, 
Yeah. And Landmark is attempting to distance themselves from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Est was crazy. The, the, it was intense, and predictably, it got the label of cult from a lot of people. Yeah. Um, for very good reasons. But and it was that, also really popular. That's just really scary. Yeah. It's very scary. It'd be a horrible experience. I would never, ever volunteer to do something like that. You, if I you'd knew... You'd die. You'd die. If I knew that that was going... That was how they did things. Yeah. I could never do something like that. I would. Like, I would break. I would absolutely break. Yeah. And they, the thing is, they didn't... They weren't really clear about this with people either. Ugh. Right? I'm also, like, I mentioned this before, I'm a pretty empathetic person. Mm-hmm. I will, like, soak up other people's emotions. It just imagining being in a room of other yeah. people confronting their worst possible shit yeah. all at one time and there's no escape. I would probably actually lose my mind. Yeah. No, I think I would too. Like, I would probably I suffer a psychotic break. And I'm not making light of that. Yeah. I actually would. Yeah, I no. Think. I like, think so that too. would be too much for me. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm sure there were people that it was too much for. That's a very intense thing to subject someone to. Yeah, I think it's well, and here's the thing. It was it was in fact very popular. A lot of famous people in particular did it. Uh I wrote just Jeff Bridges, Yoko Ono. Oh, Jeff Bridges. Diana Ross and Ariana Huffington. All did this. <laughs> of course, Ariana Huffington. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> these people, like, the, the thing is, they're pretty popular in California and, mm-hmm. you know, among, like, celebrities. I knew that Landmark is also <clears throat> popular in California. Yes. Um, I was going to say, it's worth noting here, and you've already pointed this out, uh, at least one source confirmed, uh, uh, and actually, <laughs> I shouldn't have even written this because I discovered even more on this, but... Someone named William Warren Bartley wrote a book called Werner Erhard, The Transformation of a Man, The Founding of Est, who noted that Erhard was influenced by Scientology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do kind of share the same broad brush goal, mm-hmm. right? It's like the utilization of some unique technology that taps into your personal potential. And we noted the same kind of thing with Nexium too. Same with Nexium. I, I think it's probably fair to say... There's many, many organizations that employ some version of this. And it's important to point out that it makes sense because Scientology is based off of Dianetics. And that mm-hmm. was originally a self-help book, a self-help tool. Yeah. It was very much one of these things until yeah. L. Ron Hubbard messed some stuff up financially and had to distance himself from Dianetics and rebranded as Scientology. But yeah, right. It, that is... What it was. It was meant to be self-help. Yeah. So it it makes a lot of sense that this that got off the ground and a lot of people use similar ideas for this kind of self-help ethic. And, and there's a natural sort of like, like sort of religious connection with these things that like mm-hmm. I feel like on some level religion is like self-help, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, it, is a, it can be a form of self-help. A lot of people use it that way. Ultimately, I think that's what pulls a lot of people in. Is people want to be a better person, or they want to know the right things. Or people the, you want know. rules, and people want to feel like they're part of something. Yeah. I I feel like so many people, myself included, go through life like wanting a group, wanting a family. Yeah. I have a community. family. I have a great family, but you want a sense of community. Yeah. Um. And groups like this can really 
provide that, at least at first. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like people feel especially like they're because, embraced. Especially because a lot of these groups love bomb the crap out of you. Right. So you walk in the door and they go, you're awesome, you're amazing. You know you're not embracing your full potential, but imagine how great you're going to be once you do, and we're going to help you do that, and it's going to be great. Yeah. And then once you're in the door, they're like, you're a piece of shit, and everything wrong in your life is your fault. And I mean, we're going to help you fix that, but you're going to have to give us a lot of money. Man, you are just hitting every nail on the head. That's how these things work. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, and I'm about to get a little juicier with this. And this is why I knew you would... so juicy. I knew you would like where this went. Mm-hmm. Because we are about to talk about, for a while, L. Ron Hubbard again. Uh, L. Ron. L. Ron Hubbard. We are... That rascal. There is a Scientology connection here. <laughs> Also, Dad, if you're listening listening to this, did you have the Dianetics book? Did yeah, you read you to- that? I think you told me I he might have I keep forgetting to ask him, so I'm going to ask him on this podcast where yeah. he can't listen, and then I'll, I'll talk to him later. <laughs> or where he can't respond, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to have to ask him specifically. I think a lot of people, a lot of a people A lot of people Dianetics. did. Yeah. My mom mentioned that she thought he might have gotten the, had the book at some point. Yeah. It was pretty popular. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I think a thing that I have, and my brothers have too, is this sense of curiosity Mm -hmm. and wanting to know things and learn things. Yeah, seekers. Yeah, we're seekers. And I get, we get that in part, in large part, from our dad. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he had been given the book or saw the book or... Was curious about it. Yeah. I just want to know. Anyway, let's talk about Elrond. Let's talk about Elrond. He believed during his life, while he was still alive, because remember, these have been going on, these these S seminars went back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elrond Hubbard did not die until, I think, 88. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, he believed that Earhart had stolen some of his techniques and teachings and incorporated them into S. He also believed Est was in direct competition with the Church of Scientology. I could understand <clears throat> thinking that. Uh, it actually, it was like a thing that in the late years of his life he was kind of consumed with. Hmm. I've never heard that. I had never heard that either. Um, Scientology amassed five full filing cabinets on Earhart. Notes. I can totally believe that because these people will stock the shit out of you. <laughs> they, yeah, they are note keepers and they got a lot of information on him from people who might have known him or were around him, uh, like Scientologists in audits, you know, like different things like that. Oh, they, and I'm sure they probably stalked him. They, like, yeah. legit, I'm not exaggerating. They do that but, stuff. But they also then hired private detectives mm-hmm. to investigate him. Mm hmm. Uh, they basically would defame him to anyone who would listen. Mm-hmm. And one detective in particular was placed on a boat anchored in Earhart's hometown to root through the claims made, you know, by like Scientologists and stuff and try to find people willing to file sworn affidavits to Earhart's questionable activities. Okay. So they so had. So they're just like gathering blackmail. They had some dirt and they were trying to verify and gather more. Okay. Okay. Uh, None of this is, to people not that familiar with Scientology, this probably sounds like really over the top and crazy. Yeah. This is just what they do. This is the kind of thing that Scientology 
yeah. has done for years and maybe do a little bit less of now unless someone is really a thorn in their side because I don't think they just have the, the capacity to do it anymore. They've lost yeah. a lot of people. But this is totally what Scientology does. Yeah. They they follow people. They hire private investigators. Um, they're really sue happy. They will sue the crap out of people. They oh, will yeah. blackmail people, stalk people, record conversations. Yeah. Like, if I had any inkling that they might find this conversation, if I thought that was a serious possibility or, like, that we had enough listenership that that was an issue, I might not feel comfortable talking about them. Because they'll follow you around. They will come to your house. They'll yeah. take pictures of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? The way I feel about it is if Ross and Carrie, if Ono Ross and Carrie, <coughs> go undercover in Scientology yeah. and still not really receive any ill feedback directly from Scientology, yeah. then I'm okay talking about it. Yeah, I think so. On my podcast that not that many people listen to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, another one of these uh, private investigators provided a large amount of the dirt that he was able to dig up to 60 Minutes. Okay. And 60 Minutes put together a segment that was scheduled to air in February of 1991. So basically, Earhart's aware of all this, mm-hmm. right? They've reached out to him for comment. Actual journalists are talking to his family and talking to people about information that they put together. Earhart basically bugs out. Yeah, he is running scared. <laughs> Two weeks before the piece goes to air, he sells his yacht. He sells his company, which becomes at, this is again in 1991, when uh, Landmark is founded. Okay. It's because he sells it off to some of his employees, and he leaves for Tokyo. Oh, jeez. He really bugs. He He really bugs out. He just leaves. Oh, man. Um, The pressure on him was pretty intense. He's got to have some pretty big secrets. He felt he was being unfairly targeted for defamation and outright slander. Uh, I don't know if you feel that. Do you really just bug out, though? Well, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I feel if, uh, personally, and maybe partly it's because I'm very stubborn, but if I if I was truly innocent in the things that claiming people in the things that people were claiming against me and trying to blackmail me and doing all this crap to me, I would not be selling all my stuff and going away. I would be fighting because you don't get to ruin my life yeah. for no good reason. I don't care if it ruins me. Yeah. You're well, not going to do this. Well, a big part of the thing is like fleeing the country doesn't actually solve the problem unless your problem is people just knowing. Yeah. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what for me was like. Okay. Defamation of character doesn't go away yeah. if you move away. Yeah. You just now have people who aren't as aware of it. Exactly. Uh, and actually, the, the details of the 60 Minutes piece are pretty horrifying. I would like to watch that. I wonder if that's available somewhere. It was taken down by uh, CB, or, uh, was it CBS? Whatever. To, uh, yeah, CBS does 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. CBS pulled it, citing legal issues. And it was completely unfindable, unwatchable due to constant lawsuit threat until 2009 Ooh. when WikiLeaks oh, released God, the video... Uh, as a, f- a FLV file, and I watched it. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes, I did. Was it some juicy <laughs> shit? 
it, it's bad. It's dark. It's fucked up. I'm warning you right now. If you don't like hearing some real fucked up stuff. I mean, I wouldn't say that I like it. Well, I know. For the listener. For the listener, if you got issues hearing stuff about people, like, having terrible things done to them, you're not going to like this. Would you, on a scale of um, patting someone on the head and calling them a good boy or girl to... um, Nexium branding people in a secret sorority. What would you say? I would say on a scale of zero to people getting raped, oh. it's people getting raped. Oh. So how's how's that to be extra clear about it? Why do these people always have to be raping people? Well, this stuff always happens in these groups. So here's I'm going to go off script a little bit here. Okay. Having watched the 60 Minutes report. Some of his closest associates, Earhart's closest associates, people around him, mm-hmm. reported that, one guy in particular reported that he referred to himself as God sometimes. Okay. Like he would say, I am God. Or maybe not exactly in that language, but everything to that effect. The guy had a, you know, a lot of people around him, like a cult of personality kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and people, you know, around him, and people wanted to be close to him. And that allowed people to do some pretty terrible things. This guy in particular... Uh, one evening, Earhart's wife, who they're, they're divorced now, uh, he was interrogating her over and over again about that he thought she was having some kind of an affair. And he kept saying, what aren't you telling who, me? Who was? Earhart was? Earhart is interrogating his own wife. Okay. You know, you know, saying, what aren't you telling me about some affair? And he hit her, and he kicked her, and he dropped her to the floor. And then he had his buddy, his associate, one of these guys who's around him, continue to beat the shit out of this woman mm. for basically two days. The guy recounts the story just being like, I can't I can't believe I did it. It took me days to realize what I had done. But I just wanted to ple- I wanted to please him so much. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you get when you have a big personality who wants to be a big personality. And people adore him. I mean, this kind of stuff happens in Scientology. This kind of stuff happens in Nexium. This kind of stuff happens in other cults. And it's horrifying. Yeah. It's not uncommon. I totally believe that that happened. Uh, that's not the only of the allegations that came out in the 60 Minutes piece. The other yeah. one is, in particular, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Earhart's daughter had a, a, alleged that... He had molested her, mm-hmm. and that Earhart had raped her sister. Mm. And I do not believe a bit that they are lying. I do not believe that they're lying. Again, especially with claims this serious. Yeah. If there weren't truth to them. You fight this kind of thing. Because this isn't just like anyone saying this. It's your family. Yeah. Well, that's... So here's here's where this goes, right? Shortly thereafter, after CBS is threatened by his lawyers, mm-hmm. and after the video is pulled, his daughter steps back her statements, and she says that she had provided exaggerated details because she had been promised a lucrative book deal by a journalist that was working on the story. And that she also sued him, by the way, at the same time. 
I don't know. Exaggerated <clears throat> details of... Yeah, what's the unexaggerated version then? Right. Exaggerated details of someone being raped is still someone being raped. Like, where yeah. does the exaggeration start? It's either yeah. outright lies... Yes, I agree. Or it's still something really bad. I think it's... I think that that is her version of... This is true, but I can't say that. And I've been pressured to walk it back, My but I'm dad not going to walk it all me the off. way back. Exactly. So I'm not going to walk it all the way back. I'm going to say I exaggerated and leave it at that. It's like a scrap of dignity. Yeah. It's the tiniest scrap of dignity saying, well, something happened, but I'm not going to talk about what it is. Yeah. And, and that's really sad to me. It, it's not to say that there aren't occasions where people lie about this kind of thing or can be persuaded to lie about this kind of thing. But when there are several similar claims from several different parties and, yeah. it, you know, it. All the details of the, the, the allegations all add up. up. They yeah. all add up. The, the thing that's actually fishier is the retraction. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> the thing is, he's still fighting about this. He's still... When when the WikiLeaks video dropped, mm-hmm. and boingboing.com, which is just a news site, I guess, yeah. I don't know, I found they had published a story about the piece, mm-hmm. about the, the WikiLeaks release. Uh-huh. And then Earhart's lawyers had sent them an advisory legal notice just saying, you know, all of this has been recanted, and the video was pulled because CBS, you know, they 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 use journalistic integrity to walk back claims that they couldn't prove, but that's not what CBS said. Yeah. That's not it's only Earhart that is continuing to maintain that the video was pulled because you know, the producers of 60 Minutes felt they couldn't verify the claims. Yeah, He's the that's only one not saying what happened. That. Right. Yeah. The video was pulled because they were being threatened with legal ramifications. Yes. They still stand by what the video was. Um, yeah. So... And I feel like 60 Minutes is a usually, like, pretty thoroughly vetted program. I don't think they really put too much on 60 Minutes without really researching it. If it was really that sketchy, they wouldn't have aired it in the first place. If they had any confusion... If they had open gaps here... Well, especially because of the kinds of claims they were making, that's... it's a news organization. Say what you yeah. will about any media organization, but for the most part, they're yeah. not going to do a 60-minute segment on someone and yeah. claim that they've raped family members and molested family members and beat the crap out of family members and had other people beat the crap yeah. out of their family members. Yeah. Um, it's, it's asking for a lawsuit if it's not true. And the, and the thing is, it, even in the case that it wasn't true... All they had to do was be 100% certain that the daughters were comfortable making this statement, that they didn't yeah. coerce it out of them, that they could verify that, that they could show that. Yeah. Um, that's all they needed to do. And presumably did, but the legal threats caused it to be pulled and it wasn't available for... What would that be? 17 years? That's crazy. Right. So, um, anyways, uh, he eventually withdrew his own lawsuit against all of those entities due to the fact that he couldn't 
he would have had the legal obligation to prove that they acted with malice in order for his lawsuit to go forward, his defamation suit. Mm-hmm. He actually pulled the lawsuit, and he mailed all the interested parties $100 checks to cover their filing fees, which is weird, right? Yeah. Um, he had caught the attention of the IRS in this process, who, <laughs> who uh, had a tax fraud suit, but they were found to be in error, and he won $200,000 in damages from the IRS, oh, fascinatingly. Um, so yeah, I already talked about all those other things I'd written down about the, the actual segment itself. I will note that it really kind of seemed like nobody actually wanted to be there. Yeah. This, if this was, if this was all pulled out of thin air, they were doing a very good job of hiding their enthusiasm for their mission because nobody looked like they wanted to be there. Yeah. The one daughter mentioned in particular that her mother, who's the woman who was beaten, mm-hmm. you know, in this scenario, uh, is not legally allowed to discuss any of it. So she couldn't be on 60 Minutes. Because as part of the divorce settlement from Werner, she, she was signed from, an NDA. Yeah, she's not allowed to talk about any of that. But she was able, the daughter was able to say she's glad this is coming out because <laughs> she can't say anything about it. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Horrible, right? Yeah. Horrifying. Um, I just felt like out of all that, those are not the demands of a man with nothing to hide. And I think that it speaks very strongly to the likelihood that this is all true. If you need to make someone sign an NDA as part of your divorce... That's sketchy. That's pretty sketchy. It's pretty sketchy. I mean, there are some situations, I guess, where it's like, okay, nothing nefarious maybe happened, but there's things that you don't want talked well, it's about. It's like, I, I, I get it when it's like you're in a business together, that kind of thing. Like, you know everything about yeah. the business, but still. I know. It's, it's weird. It's weird, and it makes me think everything that was alleged in the first place was absolutely true. But it's also like, how about this crazy arc of like the Scientologists are the ones that tip the whole thing off? Like, yeah, let's not forget that the Scientologists <laughs> were like stalking yeah. him and coming up with all this information. Yeah. It just so happened that it, I'm sure it's not the only time, but because they do this a lot, you're bound to strike gold a couple times. Uh-huh. But like f- for once. It yeah. was someone who's actually legitimately yeah. the Scientologist actually picked a good target. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this about Scientology, but whenever someone like leaves Scientology, they make a website about them that's all about like the horrible things that person has done. Oh really? Um, I forget what they call those like websites. Once, once they declare you fair game or whatever. Yeah, but it'll be like um, Leo. Yeah, like Leah, Leah Remini, Remini is probably on them. Um, dot Scientology.com or whatever. Like, they, they make a little page and then they they talk about all the horrible things. Yeah, like all your personal She shit. has done. Yeah. They they do this for, like, everyone who leaves Scientology and speaks out. Um, and a lot of times claims they make are false and, and absolutely not true. They'll make up stuff if they have to. So... Or exaggerate things if they have to. So it's really funny to me that they actually kind of hit upon something that seems like there's validity to it. Right. I mean, normally I'd be very, very suspicious of anything cobbled together by the Church of Scientology. Right. It's the fact that there are sources directly. It's not just Scientology saying it. There are sources that were vetted. So, 
let's talk briefly about the aftermath of all this. It, he continued to consult with Landmark for years after he had sold and created this, you know, they sold it all off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where he wasn't paid the royalties that he was promised in the contract. Um, part of, I think, hastily selling off a business, you know, didn't mm-hmm. really put all the, everything in place. He developed a new course on leadership integrity that was taught at the Simon Business School at the University of Rochester. The guy kept working. Like, he didn't just go away. And in fact, two years ago, an article was written about him, I want to say in... What was it? The New York Times, possibly. It was a legitimate news outlet about, like, a comeback kind of thing for him. Ridiculous. Just Uh, go away. I know. He continues doing this. He's still developing programs for Landmark. They, I mean, apparently 130,000 people a year by their numbers. And you know how this stuff can be, like, ridiculous and inflated. People, you know, it's he's still active. Um, I wrote that the description of their programs sound much more toned down from the kind of experience that was offered at EST, and they go to great pains to mention that. Um, and I want to talk a little bit now, finally, <laughs> about Landmark today. Yeah. What's it look like? This has been a wild ride. I know. I, I, I had no idea we were going to get into Scientology. Hey, this is... I, I like this stuff because we never know where a topic is going to go. We never know where the intrigue is, but there always is some. And yep. we always find it. And all we have is like, you know, our, our Google degrees, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. and it's, it's great. It's always interesting and sometimes horrifying, like in this case. But there's always something to uncover. Uh, and I have, in particular, as far as uncovering things, one person's actual experience going through the Landmark Forum course. Hmm. Uh, I uh, I found it's at uh, at xojane.com, I want to say. Okay. It's like a, I think it's a blog site. Yeah. That also I've, has, I like... I feel like I've read things on xojane before. Yeah, it's got, like, also, like, a fashion and lifestyle section and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But in particular, they ran a story by someone named Sarah Fazelli. Um, I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh... Who described her experience dealing with the organization, which began with a one-day visit to a free seminar. Okay. Um, the seminar involved a stage full of people, one after the other, recounting their life-changing experiences that they had had at Landmark and encouraging people to sign up. Okay, if that's not a hard sell, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, like people telling their sob stories. Yeah, and well, just like... It, it's like if you were looking to buy a product and you want reviews of the product, but you go to the product's website and you read their comments from people saying how great the product is. What are those called? Well, you'd be like paid testimonials or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like testimonials. So just like imagine thinking about getting into Landmark and going to testimonial day essentially. Like yeah. just going and everyone's like... I'd been through all these horrible things, and then I came to Landmark and did a course, and I'm fixed. Yeah, right. That's that's it. That's mm-hmm. basically what it was. Um, and she said she was skeptical, but somehow, through the way this all ended up, she found herself sobbing her marital sadness to two Landmark women in a small group that they had broken everyone off in a small group. She found herself telling all of her personal pain and actually wrote a $300 deposit check to register for a course. She says, 
after that, I know. <laughs> Basically, like, I know what I did. I know this okay. is crazy. It's worth noting that you don't end up at a place like Landmark because you have no problems and yes. nothing to work on or work through. Right. You end up at a place like Landmark because you have issues you're struggling with, you're trying to deal with, or you think there's something you can improve about yourself. Yeah. They you've already given them an in. Yeah, right. You've the given them an there. in because you think there's a reason for you to be there. Yes. All they have to do is give you an excuse to talk yeah. and then they have you. They just have to fish they it out. They have of you. you. And you know Probably everyone that goes, probably everyone in general, but everyone who goes to something like this. Yeah. You need to be, and I don't mean this as an insult. Maybe you need to be going through therapy, like a legitimate therapy, or maybe there's another something you should do. I'm Self-help isn't all bad. Yeah. But there's something to be said for going to someone who's credible yeah. And having them help you sort through your thoughts and feelings and and deal with some sticking points that you have. There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. And I feel like trusting strangers who you don't know are credible or have a degree or know how to get into your mind and not break it. Yeah. Um, that's pretty scary. It is very scary. It's a very vulnerable position to be placed in. And... Unlike some more legitimate means for doing this, like seeing a counselor, the costs are enormous, the commitment is big, and the methodology is pretty rough, as yeah. I'm about to get into. Okay, so she, she, she goes check. in, she's skeptical, um, she finds herself divulging her problems, yes, and immediately cuts a check for $300 to yeah. start doing some courses. Even even at her own skepticality on, on the subject, she's still... Finds yourself writing a $300 deposit. When you want a solution. Yeah. Even if you're skeptical. Yes. You're already buying in because you want help. And you just heard five hours of people saying how much it helped them. Exactly. and It's you're, not fair. And you told your personal <laughs> stories and you've been weeping and you're like very vulnerable and open. And, and someone goes, hey, want to give us $300? We'll help you. Yeah. So that's what she does. And later, she afterwards, she has some remorse on the subject, and she calls for a refund. Mm -hmm. She speaks to somebody who basically tries to talk her out of it, and you know, gets her to a place where she says, "I don't know. I'll think about. I'll think about actually going through with the full course." From this point on, she gets phone calls every single day. Uh, at one point, she was told she would never get the deposit back. So she could simply pay the remainder and see what the fuss is about. She, she's basically told she's never going to see a refund. I will tell you right now, if I did something like that yeah. and I paid someone $300 yeah. and they would not refund me and they were calling me every single day, yeah, I would absolutely not go take that course. The thing is, I think... I think that's what everyone would think. And I think she's the kind of person who would say the same thing. But there's something about being worn down. That's true. Every single day, phone calls, phone calls. She said she described it as like getting calls from your collections officer who also needs to buy crack from you. It was just intense every single day. And people, you know, saying, you know, what are you, well, what are you resisting? 
What is it that you're resisting right now? Uh, you know, what if I want my money back is a story you're telling yourself, right? It sounds crazy, but here's the thing. I actually think there's oh, like Oh, no, a, I'm sure they said that. No, 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 I know. <laughs> I'm saying I think there's a chance that this would work on you, me, a lot of people. We, we do like to think we would behave certain ways. I just know about myself that that just pisses me off a lot. Oh, yeah. She was, <laughs> and she was furious. She was <sighs> furious. But after having been exhausted and frustrated, she begrudgingly cut... A, 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 she said, I'm going to pay the remaining $200. Right? At this point, they told her, since she had deposited so long ago, they couldn't honor the deposit. She'd have to make another one, and the cost of the course had gone up. This is where you and I break off from this woman. She still did it. <laughs> she wrote another deposit. I'd be like, you're telling me <laughs> that you just hassled me every fucking day yep. because I gave you $300 and you're telling me I'm going to lose my deposit so I might as well pay the rest and take the courses. So I finally do what you asked me to do and I lost my deposit anyway? Yes. Fuck that noise. I know. At that point, I would I'm have been out of there. Out. I don't know why or how she still did this. So. I was with her until that. Like, I now I just don't understand. Well, I don't know. It's a very good question. It's sort of like these people have just worked their way in. I don't know. I don't understand. It's, you've just, like, it's that foot in the door thing. Yes. You're, like, part of the way there, and they've just totally been bizzolder. Every time... You get one yes, it's easier to get the next one. Oh, I hate these people so much. So, she goes to the presentation, the seminar. Mm -hmm. uh, the description of this is terrible. Uh, people going for bathroom breaks got mocked publicly by the presenter, who is a woman that Sarah calls Chris. Um, the guests are not able to have caffeine. They're pressured against having snacks. They were pressured to take the $800 advance course in the first hour of this course. The first hour, they're already pushing for the advance course. You haven't even shown me what this course can do yet. <laughs> yes. They were told if they weren't in the room for every single second, there was no guarantee that the transformation that is supposed to take place would happen. Oh, those weasels. They were uh, challenged before the course had basically even begun to enroll their friends and family. Uh -huh. um, it, I wrote the entire process is mocking, disempowering, and belittling. And I, this in particular, as I was reading this, I was thinking about you and going, I cannot imagine how hard this would be for you. Because I know that this, this is the kind of thing that would just really stress you out. I have a lot of issues with people trying to make me feel like my point of view isn't as valid as anyone else's mm -hmm. and and i don't deal well with people like telling me i'm wrong <laughs> or, or like trying to make me question myself or treat me like crap in general i i might not be the best at standing up for myself but i'm but i can be pushed to a certain point before all of the righteous indignation comes spewing out. Yeah. And hell hath no fury like a Christie <laughs> full of righteous indignation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at one point, she was mocked for asking questions. 
By oh, yeah, that presenter. would not stand with me. This is what I mean. Uh, Chris, uh, the presenter, said, oh, you're questioning me? How long have you been leading the forum? Oh, you think maybe I know a thing or two more about it? That kind of thing. Okay, well, maybe you can answer questions so I can learn more about it. Right. Um, uh, part of the events of this course, and this is in day two, I think, people are brought on stage to be interrogated before the entire room, like one at a time. Oh, that terrifies me. So people are told that everything in their lives is their own fault. Something you said earlier, and mm-hmm. my eyes kind of lit up a bit. Sarah, on stage, was told by Chris that her own rape was her own fault. Oh. Which just, like, melted her down. Which, Among I mean, other things. I mean, this is a thing people who are raped are made to feel like all it's, the fucking it's time. It's the worst thing it's you can say to someone It's the worst thing position. someone who's been raped can hear. Yeah. Can you... This... This invalidation... Yeah. Is so detrimental to anybody, mm-hmm. but especially to someone who already constantly feels invalidated by the way our society handles things like rape. Yeah. Now, I remember reading... Or not reading... Hearing Werner Erhard in one clip talk about mm-hmm. his concept of having responsibility over things. Mm-hmm. And he tried to make a distinction that, you know, for example, people who are impoverished and starving... He said that they're responsible for their starvation. But he tried to make this little distinction like, no, I don't mean it's their fault. I mean that they can be equal to the challenge. I don't think there's much of a distinction there. I think it's just a semantic uh, little little waving of a flag. I don't think it actually is a distinction. I I feel like sometimes we have to admit that there are challenges that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps can't surmount. Because sometimes you don't have freaking bootstraps. Yeah. Like, there are people in this world who are in bad situations because they've made bad decisions and now they're there. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. Right. And sometimes they can get themselves out of it and sometimes they can't. There are people in this world that are in bad situations that did nothing to put themselves there. Yep. And sometimes they can get themselves out of it and sometimes they can't. Yeah. But we can't make a blanket statement and say... You are responsible for this all on your own. You need to just admit it to yourself that this is all on you and no one's going to help you. You got to do it. Well, okay. Like that, that's good to a certain extent to take responsibility and want to like change things and make change. But it's not realistic to say that that works 100% of the time or is feasible 100% of the time or is fair. To put on people. I agree. I agree. Ah! I, I'm just... Like, I'm, let, I'm letting you get all this out because I'm about to tell you the happy ending. Mm, that sounds sarcastic. No, I'm serious. Okay. The end of day two, everyone is encouraged to write a letter to someone they had been inauthentic to. This is another one of the big focuses of Landmark. That you had been inauthentic... And that failure of direct and honest communication is responsible for problems in your life. It's another way of blaming you for problems. Yeah, this this sounds a little like an axiom to me. I remember watching a video with uh, Keith Rainier talking about authenticity. And, yeah. And it seems like something these groups are all about. You're being authentic with people. Yeah. No, it's a big part of the technology, if you can call it that, and they do, of communication. 
it's it's such a bullshit thing to throw at someone because we are not the same person in every situation in our lives. Yeah. I am not exactly the same with my family as I am with my friends, as I am in private with you, as I am at yeah. work. Because you need to make distinctions in what is appropriate and not appropriate in different situations. You live and doing that, Yes. And doing that does not mean you're not being authentic. Yeah, right. Exactly. It means you're using your judgment to determine what is appropriate in what situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's not inauthentic to behave, you know, as context appropriate. Yes. There are people who do not do that. And... Those people are the ones that you see in certain situations and go, oh, yeah, that's highly inappropriate. Yeah, right. Exactly. And they don't know how to not do that. I don't like dial that shit back. But that doesn't, I'm not like being rude to those people, but like, no, but for you, real. not everyone is just the same person in every situation. It's, it's bullshit to say it's inauthentic, but. It's smart if you're trying to make people feel like they're doing something wrong and trying to get them to own up to everything in their life and say it's all their fault and take responsibility because everyone can think of a situation where they have not been 100% truthful or they've acted in one way with someone that they wouldn't have acted with someone else. So let's move forward. Okay. I'm getting so angry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I'm bogging the (laughs) process down. I'm just letting you have this. Um, because I know talking about this is just like I always want to do these topics, but yeah. I get so mad. So I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's this. I think this is good for us to talk about because this you know is what? Like my own little therapy. There's session. there's a half. There's a there's a non-zero chance that someone we know or someone listening, someone connected to us in some way will will end up asking themselves, "Should I go to Landmark?" You're in a cult, call your dad. Yeah, right. <laughs> to quote my favorite murder. Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs> don't, don't go. Uh, and uh, so anyway, the next day, she is given her opportunity to go on stage to read her letter to the person she was inauthentic to. Okay. And she wrote a letter to herself. Oh. She started it, Dear Sarah, I realize now I have been authentic, inauthentic with you. When I first heard about Landmark Forum... I had this terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach, an instinct, a sense of dread. I ignored my inner voice. I let myself look past all the unethical business practices, the high-pressure sales tactics, the abusive emotional manipulation, and it is at this point that people begin yelling. The, the presenter is yelling to shut her microphone off. People are buzzing around the back room and trying to talk over her. One person literally rips the microphone cord out of the wall. And Chris, the lead presenter, physically tries to drag her off the stage. And people are Whoa. people are shouting and booing. And some people are gasping. And, you know, Chris is asking, what do you want? Do you want a refund? And she says, hell yes! And is booed again <laughs> by a room full of people that is taken to the back of the room where she is met with support by a few people who had told her essentially that she had said what they were thinking. And she was basically escorted out because she was creating a racket, which is apparently landmark language for something like being a suppressive person. Yeah. That she that racketing is just making a noise, making a bunch of noise and chaos because of confusion, whatever. And I never found out if she got her refund because she never said 
And that's the Sarah. end of her experience. Sarah, you I am, badass. I am super proud of Sarah. You a person badass. I don't know. A person oh. I do not know. Oh, that makes me so Again, happy. Her name is Sarah Fazelli. She is a writer over at XO Jane. And I highly recommend reading it for yourself because I left out some details. That makes me want to cry a little bit. Yes. That's so good for you. That's why good I wanted, for you. That's really why I wanted to tell that story. Yeah, good for you for getting on a stage. Yes. And just letting them have it. Letting a room full of people know exactly what's on your mind. And good for the people who were like, yeah, me, me too. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. So we're running a little long here. I want to come around to conclusions out of all of this. Um, Landmark has tried very hard to soften their image. It has troubles with its founder, previous accusations of cult-like behavior, scandals, audits, all the baggage that... Uh, it has, and that has forced it to present itself as explicitly soft, right? Mm -hmm. um, they say things like there's a break every two to three hours, and there's a meal, and you know, it's you know, they try to like make it very clear that they're not what they used to be. But as of that story, the time of that story, which was only 2012, uh, told by Sarah Fazelli, it does not sound to me like Landmark has changed at all. From what I've heard from other people, the biggest thing I've heard is don't go. It, they break you down. Yes. They break you down. And from your description of what she went through, um, yeah, that's, that's what exactly like. what they do. Other people have noted that Werner Erhard helped popularize this idea that the end justifies the means as far as the self-help seminars go. And that... Self-help and actualization is worth exhausting people and challenging people and even possibly creating an abusive environment to get people there. Um, and I don't think that the end, in fact, does justify the means. No. As is no. evidenced by multitudinous other ways that people approach self-help that don't require you to spend hundreds of dollars, be publicly humiliated, or be brainwashed. And not to mention, they use a blanket technique. For everyone who walks in the door, they use the same thing for everyone. There's no vetting of personalities. There's no, yes. you know, going, oh, well, this might not work for you. Oh, you have a history of PTSD. This kind of environment might be really bad for you. Like, yeah. maybe this isn't something that you should do. Nope. Everyone who walks in the door is going to, it's going to work for them. And that is highly irresponsible at the least and incredibly dangerous and abusive. I I also I agree with that sentiment that that people can react to this differently, right? And and I think that th there have been people who came out of these things with a renewed sense of purpose and drive and did something. Uh, you know, like Chuck Palahniuk famously wrote Fight Club, coming out fresh off of a landmark session. <laughs> that yeah, that incredibly well balanced <laughs> yeah. novel. I, I don't. You know, the thing is the. That, that was what came out of that, you know? That was yeah. the next thing that he, the, that was the novel that got him on the map. So I think people respond to this stuff very differently than, you know, each other, that there's a lot of reactions. But I think that the fundamental question of whether that's justifiable, whether the means, the end justifies the means, um, I think it's a worthwhile and, question and one they do not really seem to be very concerned with. And, and here's a thing. You can 
come out of something like that and do something great right after yeah. or do something great after it. It doesn't even matter when in the timeline you do something great. Groups like this will claim it as their success. Yeah. And just because something good happened to you afterwards. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's because of the organization. It doesn't mean it's because of what happened to you there. It's like people who are religious, like giving God all the credit for their successes. I understand that people believe that and I understand wanting to do that, but it makes me really mad as someone who doesn't, who isn't religious and doesn't believe in God. It makes me mad because I'm like, no, but you did that. Like, you did something really good. It's funny because you keep kind of getting to my point right before I do. I think we're we're thinking about this in a very similar way. But that thing is an important question is how much they get credit for, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote, I think that the landmark courses and their emphasis on breaking you down to build you back up, first of all, they're not unique. They're incredibly popular. And in the instances that they do do something for people, they produce zealots, right? Mm -hmm. Which is how they grow. They make people who can't shut up about it. Um, And and I I wrote, they're, they're far from the only way to improve oneself and arguably not massively effective. The truth is that what really gets us on the path to self-improvement is the desire to do so already. Mm -hmm. Attending a landmark session is probably an indicator of an already begun process of self-help and not the cause. Yes. So the fact that you've come out of this thing better has as much to do with the fact that you wanted to as what they did to you while you were there. Yeah. Um... I wrote, it sounds horrifying to be a part of, and I cannot caution people enough against buying what they are selling. Yes. Um, so, to that person in the group who posted about whether or not they should go to Landmark, yeah. it's a resounding no. That would be a resounding no. no. Yeah. Um, so, th- the situation was basically someone she had not been in touch with for a while. She started to get back in touch with. And this person and I think another person that like their mom or something had both gotten into Landmark and were trying to push the original poster into getting into it. So she was asking this group what we thought. I think she knew exactly what we were going to tell her. But it was a resounding fuck no from everyone in there. And after doing this and you doing all that research, um, it's still a resounding fuck no from us. It's funny because groups like that use people's resistance to them as sort of proof positive that they're onto something. Yeah. It's like the way that a lot of fraudsters and hucksters work is the fact that they're well, they not... They don't want you to know the truth. Exactly. If they're not considered trustworthy, it must be because their ideas are dangerous and correct. Or you're just abusive and taking yeah. advantage of people. <laughs> I think it's just a it's a very popular technique to dealing with like people very Naysayers. reasonably being like, You're full of shit. Just, yeah. Oh, that's just what they want you to think. Yeah. You you know it's really weird how people um who have been abused and let down by a group um say the same kind of things that the people who just don't want you to know the truth say. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, there was, there's so much more I didn't touch on, and honestly... I felt the same way about Nexium. There's, yeah. there's, we can never do enough research because there's so much out there, so... Yeah. If you guys want to know more, you can pick up where we left off on yeah. this one, because I, I honestly might go looking a little more because I'm a glutton for punishment, and... Yeah. 
And actually, here's another thing I want to say now that we're kind of winding down this episode here. Please send us suggestions. If there are things that you think maybe we might not know about that we should look into, if there's something, if you know somebody who's involved in an organization that you that you think might be a little fishy but don't necessarily have all the time and wherewithal to look into, talk yeah. to us. Yeah, let Send us, us know. Send us an email. We would love to you know run through some of these things and and uh, and be able to provide a sort of a complete assessment. Also, I feel like we have brought up the topic of Scientology and referenced them a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's something we both kind of know a good deal about by now, yeah. but if any of our listeners want us to do an episode on Scientology, let us know and we definitely will. Oh, man. Um, I will read Dianetics for this podcast. I have Dianetics. <laughs> I have it because I did not want to give them any money, but I found it at a really cool vintage bookstore yeah, in New, New York. York. Yeah, So I bought it because I knew none of the money would go to them. So yeah. we, can, we can read Dianetics or, you know, just... Just give you some more research in general if you guys want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. And also, another thing. If you want to see the 60-minute segment on Werner Erhard, it is still publicly available via WikiLeaks. Uh, yeah. It's downloadable FLV that you can watch for yourself. Um, I Sometimes I wonder about WikiLeaks. I'm not sure if they're good guys, bad guys, or neutral guys. And I think that's probably I, the, the I th- thing. I think they are chaotic neutral. I think so, too. Um, they, they, they don't really vet whether or not something is bad or good to put out. Yeah. And that can be very dangerous. They yeah. just um, paint everything with a broad brush and just put it all out. It's sort of like, I think the criteria is just, is it important? Yes. For any purpose. Yes. And is and it being suppressed by someone? I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that that is good all the time. Yeah. But in this case, I'm glad they did because I really want to watch that. Yeah. But that's a selfish reason. So anyway, I think we should probably wrap up. I'm going a little long here. Eh, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, but please, uh, you know, send us a send us a message. Send us an email. Let us know what, what you think or if you have any other topics you'd like to know about, and we'll put them in our big old list. I feel like there was something else I was going to say. I feel like there was something else I wanted to mention at the end of the episode, but now I can't remember, so oh well. (laughs) I I had two things in my head I wanted to mention. One was a Scientology thing, because we just keep talking about it. Yeah, right. I don't know how annoying it is that we keep talking about something that people might not know that much about. If you're um, if you're this kind of, if you're the kind of person we are, you just cannot help but have like twenty percent of your brain space dedicated to Scientology. I got into researching it, honest to God, I got into researching it because I'm a little bit of a searcher mm-hmm. and a seeker. Yeah. And uh, if you couldn't tell, mm-hmm. and um, I was at a point when I had wasn't really like an atheist yet. And was someone agnostic. And I was just, like, bored one day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want, like, I want something to be a part of. Let me, like, look into different groups. Let me see what things are about. I've heard of Scientology. And I've heard jokes about Scientology that sound really crazy. But, like, what is it really about? So yeah. I, I did some of this. Like, I did some research. And walked away from it going, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary, and 
No. Scientology is a very large ball of yarn that when you tug the string, it just goes and goes and goes. I will tell you that was around 2010 or 2011, and I haven't stopped learning more horrible things about them since. And it's about to be 2018. I only had one encounter with a Scientologist ever, and it was in Pittsburgh. I was walking down Carson Street. Uh, with Matt Craig mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, yeah, an ex-girlfriend. And we passed the place and he wanted to go in and stop. And I was like, ah, don't go in there, man. Those people are fucking crazy. And I did not notice <laughs> the young woman leaned against the wall smoking a cigarette who then said to me, you know, we're really not all that bad and threw her cigarette and walked in. And I went, oh, whoops. <laughs> Uh, that was embarrassing. Uh, but eh. any, anyway, that does it for this episode. Uh, so, uh, like I said, keep in touch with us, and we will be back in another week with another episode. The first one of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, get your last minute suggestions in for the first episode of the year. Yeah. Because uh, usually Dave gives me the topic for the next episode after... His episode, but right. um, we could hold off a day or two and see if anyone wants to hear about anything in particular. So, we will see you in 2018, the year of our Lord. Excuse me, 2018. <laughs> With a new episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. See you guys in a week. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes. <laughs>